Great Shot. This is the Great Shot Podcast, a Crack Rackets and Tennis Channel Podcast Network production. My name is Alex Gruskin. It's officially that time, folks. The 2022 Wimbledon, less than three days away from its start date. As such, we have the draws available to us to break down. And on today's show, what we want to do to help wrap up our preview of the year's third Grand Slam is break down that women's singles draw. Look at each of the quarters of the draw and answer five questions. We'll talk about the most interesting first round matches. Look at the seeds on upset alert, the unseeded players who can make a second week run. Of course, we'll take a look at the Americans offer our predictions as well. It is a jam packed podcast folks for all of you listeners as we get excited for an incredible fortnight of tennis. And look, as I always say, if you're going to try and cover as many topics as we do here on today's podcast, you better have some help along the way. Thankfully, we do once again on today's show as joining us to break down the 2022 Wimbledon women's singles draw is a returning champion here on our Crack Racket shows, a man you may know best as a writer for our website, crackrackets.com for the Action Network for his own all about tennis blog. Of course, we here know him as our friend. David Gertler. David, hey, great shot. Welcome back to the show. How are you doing today? Hey, thanks so much for having me. I'm doing great because it's a Saturday. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Always fun to record a weekend podcast, right? And if we're recording weekend podcasts, you know a Grand Slam is right around the corner. Wimbledon's always a fun one for me, David, because the action is going literally from the moment you wake up until like right around when you're ready to be done with tennis for the day. It's, it's nice because it's not like the time zone, at least for the Eastern time is not too, too early in the morning where I think it starts at six Eastern. Whereas when I was in central time, I remember I tried one day to wake up at five o'clock. I said, (laughs) you know what, I, I'm going to leave that for when I have to go to the airport. Uh, So I am appreciating that it's a little, you know, I wake up around six o'clock anyway, uh, you know, dreading work. So uh, it's uh Nice to be able to put on some Grand Slam tennis. I'm not a huge fan of grass, as you know, but it'll do. Uh, (laughs) I like that. As we look at this 2022 Wimbledon, says David Gertler, it'll do. Yeah, certainly. I mean, more than anything else, we all know at this point, if you're listening to a daily podcast or if you've listened to our preview podcast, you'll be well aware of the fact the first four days of Grand Slam tennis, just absolute chaos. Those first two rounds you have, you know, round one in particular, you've got 32 men's matches, 32 women's matches, all in one day, 64 matches to try to break down. Those mini breaks are always exciting, but for tennis fans, it's just always fun and sometimes difficult to consume every match that happens on the grounds. Thankfully, of course, we here at Crack Rackets will do that for you as we'll have daily recap podcasts of all of the action that happens throughout the fortnight at Wimbledon. But before we can get to the start of play, have to offer our final thoughts, final predictions, preview of the event. Of course, it's easiest to do so when you have the draw in front of you. David and I do today. And again, we're going to answer five questions about the four quarters of the draw. Of course, a thank you as always to our friends at Turna for their support of this podcast. Allow us to break down these slams from every angle. Talk to phenomenal guests like David Gertler. Of course, everyone can identify a Turna grip on the court. That iconic bluish purple 
stylish hue gripped that you see on the rackets of local club players, college players, pro players. Turner has provided the best grip in the business for generations now. And if you would like to learn not only about their grip, but their fantastic other technology to find uh, to finally accentuate the features of your game, you can learn more by emailing sales at uniquesports.com. You mentioned Cracked Racket sent you. They'll hook you up with discounted pricing, hook you up with free samples, treat you like family. Again, email sales at uniquesports.com today to join the Turner family. We are immensely grateful for the support we get. The least we can do, ask you to support them as well. Sales at uniquesports.com to join the Turner family today. With all of that said, David Gertler, Let's get into our 2022 women's singles draw preview. And we're going to go from top to bottom of the draw here. That means we start with the number one seed, Iga Shviantek, making her grass court debut, of course, here at Wimbledon in this 2022 season. Iga has played 12 career grass court matches, as I've alluded to all week long, seven and five in her career, but on the grass courts, but of course, won a junior Wimbledon back in the day and more notably reached the round of 16 here last season. This is a fun section of the draw, David, and you just start by looking at the seeds in this section. You've got top seed Iga Shviantek. You've got, uh, of course, number 27. 7 seed Yulia Putin Seva, the 18 seed Jill Teichman, 13th seeded Barbara Krachikova. You never know what you're going to get with 9 seed Garbine Muguruza. She's in the mix, though. Well, we do. Well, we kind of know what we're going to get. Mediocre Dennis. Fair. Elena Rabakina, Shelby Rogers, Jess Pegula, rounding out your seeds in quarter number one. Let's start with the first round, David. What are the matches that appeal most to you? Well, I will say that Sviatek has a very nice start to the tournament. Um, so that's what I just want to first put out there uh, that she has a very nice draw that not a lot of those power players that can give her issues. Uh, it'll all, it'll always be interesting to see Coco Vandaway just because she's so hit and miss when she's playing uh Rebecca. That'll be a, what do they call it? A baseball? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Slugfest. Just a slugfest uh, between two big servers who are going to really uh, pound the ball. It's uh, Vandaway has had success at Wimbledon in the past, but I just don't know if she's consistent enough against Rybakina, who has a little more control over grand strokes. I can tell you, we also we have the worst first round match in the entire draw in this top section. Do you want to guess which one I'm thinking of? Oh, when I look at this draw, what is David? It probably. I mean, probably on this surface, Kavinich versus Kartal. No, it's Kukova uh, Pagosi. <laughs> I don't know how they drew, managed to draw. Probably two of the, the other one is probably the only one they can beat. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see uh, how that goes. goes. And then Vekic versus Pagula is another very interesting one. Vekic is known for her grass court play, the big serve. Uh, and ultimately, though, I don't know if her fitness is there. Well, I agree with you, by the way, on match number one, Vandaway, who gets in as the lucky loser, taking on Elena Rabakina. That's an excellent litmus test for Rabakina early on. And of course, you look for Rabakina, who's still hovering inside the top 25, number 21 in the world. She's 38 and 23 in her last 52. But, you know, it's been a relatively quiet 21 and 12 season for Elena Rabakina. you know, since reaching the final first week of the season in Adelaide, she's reached just one quarter final 
uh, on the season. Now she's been pretty solid everywhere. Round of 16 in, uh, in Stuttgart round of 16 in Rome round of 16, Madrid quarterfinals in Indian Wells, but she hasn't been outstanding anywhere. And for Rabakina who, you know, loses to Rogers and Serenko in her two warm-up matches on the grass court. I mean, it's going to be interesting because you imagine traditionally that the power tennis Evelina Rabakina, you'd think it would have success on this surface. And of course, Rabakina last season reaching the round of 16 before getting knocked out in three sets by Arena Sabalenka and what was one of my favorite matches of the tournament. It's a very fun early test against the power tennis of Coco Vandeweghe. I think, again, particularly as you look at the draw for round two in Rebecca, and I'm sure we'll talk about Andrescu in a second, as we did in our top five contender show, Rebecca is going to have to serve well. And if she does yeah. not serve well against Vandeweghe, Vandeweghe will be able to make her pay. But if she doesn't serve well against Andrescu, Andrescu is going to crush her. And so that to me, you know, again, the right sort of Atlanta Rebecca can hit anyone on the court. And that first match is a good test to see what sort of form she'll be in. Do you think we get the right sort of form? I don't. I think we get the right sort of form to beat Vandaway, okay. given that Coco is just so inconsistent nowadays. I mean, she is coming into the draw as a lucky loser, having already lost in qualifying, and none of her qualifying wins over McDonald or Bismain are particularly impressive. Uh but I don't think that she has the, that Rabakina has the level right now to beat an, Andre, an Andrescu. Although I will say if, if Bianca can't keep the ball in the court, which she couldn't from seven, six, four, two up today, then anyone has a chance against her. Um, I, I also, I think we forgot the drama match in this section. Well, uh, I want to get to that match momentarily, yeah. but I, I do want to touch on match number two as well that you okay. mentioned, which is Donna Vekic versus Jessica Pagula. That's a fascinating match because, of course, <laughs> Vekic, her breakthrough run of her career, 2013, you know, back in Birmingham, she makes the finals at, I want to say, age 17 or maybe, no, still 16 at the time she makes that final. And, you know, for her, she's made a round of 16 in Wimbledon before, you know, looked pretty good in her grass court matches here this season, quarterfinals in Birmingham, knocked out in three sets by Kirstea, you know, round of 32 in Eastbourne, but beats Yastremska first round, played a very good match about as close as anyone could play against Petra Kvitova this week. I am intrigued by this first round matchup because Jessica Pagula, you know, 14 and 14, in her career in grass court matches, you take out the qualifying matches that she's played in her career. I mean, I think she's played one, two, three, four, five, six plus. Yeah. She's played like 12 tour level grass court matches in main draws in her career has won one match in her career in the main draw at Wimbledon. Now it was a good win over Caroline Garcia, but I, like, is it a sure thing that Pagula wins that match? I don't think it's a sure thing, but for me, when I think that Pagula, I think, I don't necessarily look at the results. I look at, does she, in my mind, have the components to be successful now that her game is leveled up compared to a lot of when her those results occurred? I think she has the flatter ground strokes, the rally. I think that the rally tolerance on grass will be there. I think that her neck game is outstanding. And as you know, we I think we talked about last time, grass court neck games are very important. Um, and so for me, 
I also trust her fitness more than in is right now. Um, if I, when I look at uh, Pagula's first uh, three rounds, I look at Harriet Dart in the second round, potentially mm-hmm. being the uh, roadblock because yeah. Dart's also had a great grass court season. Well, with that in mind, we sort of talk through, I think the most interesting first round, what's the drama match? What am I missing? Cornet, Putin. Oh, duh. Yeah. That's just, I mean, two hours, 15 minutes, put it on the clock. That's, that's a physical battle. I agree uh, with you. That's going to be a fun I, match. Honestly, Teichman versus Tom Yanovich, pretty fun as well. I think that grass is just a little too fast for Jill. Uh, and I, Tom Yanovich, uh, look, you know, was a reigning Wimbledon quarterfinalist. So we can't overlook her for sure. I would give you the pushback. Give me the lefty on a grass court, a lefty who's comfortable serving and volleying, moving forward. Now you're right. She's got a big backswing, particularly on that forehand wing, but she can play slice. She can play short angles. She can make you uncomfortable. I'm fascinated to see how Teichman looks on these grass courts. And that's a really tough first round match because Tamjanovich is going to throw everything at her to your point, reigning quarterfinalist, able to play physical tennis on this surface. But I think Teichman's going to have some opportunities to be aggressive. And so Honestly, I think the seed winning in this case would be the upset. I think Teichman might win the match. But as we look, and we've alluded to some of them, give me the seeds you have on upset alert in this round. And by upset alert, I mean losing before the third round. Okay. So I don't think there's going to be any huge shockers. Putin Seba, uh, I have losing to Cornet. I have. And if not Cornet, I think Claire Lou could get her in round two. Oh, absolutely. I. Uh, Claire Liu has another player that has the components to be successful in grass. Mm-hmm. Um, Former I junior was, Wimbledon champion. Yeah, yeah. Who'd she beat? She beat Ann uh, Lee, three Anne sets. Lee. Yes, yes. Um, let's see. Teichman, I have losing to Tomjanovic, which you say you're going to have Teichman beating Tomjanovic. I just like uh, Aya's game on on grass. Uh, and then I also have Krejikova got a very lucky first round draw, but I think she's going to fall to Golubek in the second round. I think that another reigning Wimbledon quarterfinalist, Victoria Golubek is a sneaky, good grass court player with it's not even sneaky. Play. She's just good. Uh, she's uh, maybe. Yes. You're and right. by the way, Petkovic is no cupcake of a first round for Golubic either. Petkovic can play some grass court tennis, but the weapons of Golubic on this surface, her willingness to move forward, the quickness. I agree with you. I have that one on upset alert as well. Yeah, Petkovic beat uh, Muguruza in Berlin. Uh, mm-hmm. Not that beating Muguruza is that big of a deal anymore, which brings me to my next point. Muguruza I have losing in the second round too to Sloan Stevens. Now I know Sloan Stevens. You never know with her. I trust her in majors, and I understand she plays Kinwin Zhang in the first round, who has that big power game that you'd think would be successful. But Zhang looked so poor in Eastbourne against uh, Magdalena Fretch that I just can't justify having her win a match here, especially if I, you know, Stevens can defend the way that she's capable of. Well, this is where I get to say right concept. Wrong execution. I disagree with you. I think Jung Chin Wen is going to knock off Sloan Stevens wow. and ultimately be uh, advance and knock off Muguruza as well. And the reason I think so is you talk about that match. She lost a freak. Uh, she had lost or she had won on 125K on clay the day before. 
she plays that grass court match. That's true. I challenge anyone, particularly a player who has played fewer than 20 grass court matches in their careers, to make that transition successfully in under 24 hours, under 48 hours, under you could have 72 hours even. That's always going to be a brutal transition. Now, you're right. Sloan Stevens being comfortable on this surface, she'll be able to extend uh, the rising WTA star. And to your point, though, I just think, look, Junction One is going to be successful on grass courts. The power tennis just makes too much sense. It has to start eventually. Why not now when she's had some time to train on the surface? That's true. Uh, But how much time? A week? Two weeks, because what they haven't that was the first week of the clay, uh, or maybe the second week, so two weeks. It was uh, Eastbourne when she played free, right? Not this, that wasn't this week, though. That was, was that, that was this Sunday. week? It was Sunday, yeah. That was this week, I think so, right? You might be right. Or, I, or again, is it Birmingham? Hold on, I'm I thought it was that. Birmingham that they played. That was I my recollection, Eastbourne, but let me let me look it up because now you have me, uh, yeah, this is good, and we'll keep this alive. My point being, I'm, I'm pretty sure that was the last time we saw her, was that first or second week of the grass court season, but you know, first, uh, or I guess two weeks ago, it was in, it was in Eastbourne. Okay. Uh, so that, so this was this past Sunday. Yeah. Okay. Shout out to you. Well, I, I, I just remember cause it was so weird main draw action on a Sunday, which I yeah. just don't typically, we Fair. don't typically see unless it's the week before major, but, yeah. uh, but your point still stands. I, I, I agree that she has all the components to be successful and maybe it is this, you know, Sloan Stevens didn't, blow anyone's socks off in the Wimbledon warm-up you know either so I don't think that's a horrible pick at all yeah I, I just I do agree though that winner you would have Muguruza so it's really just about every seed in this section outside yeah. of Iga Svantec and maybe Shelby Rogers like because oh, yeah. Petra Martic on grass courts that's a particularly nice matchup like I, I do think every seed's a little bit on upset alert yeah, I have Pagula and uh, Rogers both making, you know, third round or later. I have Muguruza well, then, losing her, and then the last one would be Rebecca and I have losing the second round. So then on the flip side, the unseated player who can make week two, we're taking Bianca Andrescu out of this part of the conversation because if you want to hear our thoughts on Andrescu, go check out our top five women singles contenders. David and I t- spoke about her at length in that podcast. I'll give you her as one unseated player. Who can make week number two? Who else are you looking at to make a run? I uh, Golubic, I think okay. has the draw to do so. Not necessarily. You know, I wouldn't have before the tournament said, "Yeah, Golubic's going to be the one making that round two big run, get close at least to defending her quarterfinal." But given that you know Pekovic, as you mentioned, is going to be tough, but I trust Golubic's grass game a little more. Krajikova is about as good of a seed as you can draw at this point, given she has played French Open, lost to Pari, and then she played in Eastbourne, first round lost to Kostuk. Uh, I just don't trust that she has the endurance and that her game is there yet. So that would be the other unseeded player that I think will make it, but a player like Tomjanovic can make it. Yeah, all good calls. I would agree with you pretty unanimously in this quarter. It does feel like Golubic, who we saw in the quarterfinals last year, and Andrescu, who is Bianca freaking Andrescu, and yes, loses a three-set match today, but has looked very, very good in her warm-up grass court matches. 
I mean, I, I agree with you there. And when you look at this section of the draw, I mean, last question before we get to predictions, we do have a healthy amount of Americans in this section. And while I don't think any of, you know, Sloan Stevens would be a name as an unseated player who you think, yeah, you just talked about it. If she beats Muguruza, now she's in the third round. Now, you know, anything can sort of happen at that point. But as I look at the Americans in this section, Pagula, Rogers, the nine and 30 seeds, you've got Stevens, Bechtis, Vandeway, uh, Catherine Harrison, the qualifier, Claire Liu as well. Give me the rundown on the Americans. Who are you most excited for in this section? I think that I'm most excited about Pagula, which I know you don't totally agree with, but that's just who I have. Don't no, I don't disagree with. Uh, for the record, I think Pagula beats Vekic. I just think Vekic can push her to three. I think that Rogers got a good draw too. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, Petra Marchich's backhand slice is very good, and that can give her problems. But second round, Kukova or Pagosi, I mean, that's almost like a second round bye if she can get past the first round. So. Yeah, and then you're in the third round, and then you're playing a fellow American. And then Sloan is always dangerous in majors. But, I mean, good for Bechtis and uh, Harrison. I would have never in a million years expected either of them to qualify. Yeah, the fun name will be if Claire Lou does make the third round. Parise's Diaz on this surface, that's a good matchup. I give the weapons advantage to Lou, and then she'll have her opportunities to play for a strike against either Cornet or Putensiva. I think Sviantek Lou does happen. I think we could have a Rogers-Pagula third-round All-American matchup. In fact, I think we are going to have that, and I think Harriet Dart will definitely test Pagula as well. She's playing so well here in the grass court season, but this is a fun section. I think we could see some Americans, again, dominate that first weekend of action in this quarter of the draw. With that in mind, though, predictions. Who's your quarterfinal? Who gets through? I hesitate to even say because I feel like this is where – uh, yeah, everyone will be taking notes and uh, roast me later. But okay, this is a little bit of you'll you'll probably see this coming. I think we're gonna agree here, but go on. I don't think so. Uh, I have Andrescu beating Sviatek in oh. the quarter. All right, make the case. I I just I don't trust Egon Grass yet, and I think that the way Bianca is playing, I think she should tone down. You know try to keep rallies alive a little longer, but she's playing the type of tennis that gives Ega a lot of problems, that hyper-aggressive, trying to just overpower opponents at, at all costs, that almost like uh, Samsonova in uh, Stuttgart against Viatek, who almost beat her. Uh-huh. I, I just, and I don't think that Ega is necessarily experienced enough on grass to even know yet how to handle that type of player. She plays Fed in the first round, probably Cartel in the second round, and then let's say it's Cornet, Lou, Pudinseva. I don't think any of them will necessarily test her. I, I think she might be a little shell-shocked when she plays uh, uh, Andrescu in the, four, in the quarterfinals. And Golubic, if that's her fourth-round opponent, she's not necessarily the type of power player that can give Sviatek problems either. So, I, you know, I am taking a shot in the dark, and I know that, but my, I'm just trusting my – what I've seen. It's a very good shot to take, David. And it's a shot I very much considered as well, because you're right, given how the draw broke down, there's just not that significant power presence. And even if it's not Andrescu, if it's a Elena Rabakina strikes iron with her serve and just serves her way to the quarterfinals, that's a tough matchup on this surface as well. 
The counterpoint to your argument, David, which you know well, is that given the matchup she has, Fett, and then the cartel Kabinich winner, whomever comes out of the Lou through Putensiva part of the bracket, those are three matches for her to find her footing, for her to find her comfort level, her strike zone, adjust her forehand contact point, you know, adjust her serving tactics accordingly. I mean, Iga Shvantec's broken 56% of the time this season. She's going to find ways to break serve regardless of surface. The aggression of her on the return becomes that much more lethal on this surface when it's just damn near impossible to find your footing. <sighs> Bianca's played a lot of tennis in the yeah. lead up to this Wimbledon if she gets to the fourth round I mean I'm really hoping she gets to the quarterfinals because this is the matchup we all want to see now in my heart of hearts you know I want to stick team Rabakina because that's just where I've been for all these years but I think I'm going to go with Andrescu as well getting out of the section I think she's going to beat Rabakina and Pagula on her way to the quarterfinals I just I think she runs out of juice at that point. And so I'll take Iga over Andrescu mostly because the draw for Iga uh, for Andrescu to get there would just be that much more difficult than it will be for Iga, even if it is an informed Barbara Krachikova in that fourth mm-hmm. round matchup at that point, I still just, I'd ra- I'm, I'm more afraid of the big servers in a Rabakina or again, the relentless consistency of a Jessica Pagula, who's just been better than Krachikova this season. So I, I think the pathway for Andrescu is tougher. That's why I'm sticking with Ega. But Top draw. yeah, always scary when we when we predict similarly, David. Shout out to, you know, Aronxa Roos, who's going to end up emerging out oh, of this God. section. Yeah. What about Pagosi? Pagosi. Uh, yeah, exactly. You just blessed her, David. Bravo <laughs> to you. Uh, with that in mind, let's move on to quarter number two, the Paula Bedosa section of the draw. Of course, Bedosa, your number four seed, you know, did not have the most success losing, I believe, in her first round That's match on the grass nice course thing. last week. Of course, she hasn't been the healthiest player either, but you look for Paula Bedosa seeds in her section right away. Number 25 seed, Petra Kvitova, coming off of a title run last week where she was exceptional. One of our dark horses we named when looking at the women's field coming into this 2022 Wimbledon. Of course, Kvitova, your 25 seed. You've got the number 21 seed, Georgie, always a dangerous out on the grass courts. You've got Simona Halep, who last time she was at Wimbledon, won the freaking title. Of course, you've got 11th seeded Coco Goff, 20th seeded Amanda Nisimova. You then got your 32 seed, Cyrus uh, Rivas Tormo, sixth seeded Carolina Pliskova. Here's all I have to say to you, David. This well, we, is your section of death. This is by have, far the most loaded section. And we also have Serena Williams. Yeah, perhaps crowning. Oh, uh, yeah, of them all. Wild card Serena Williams is landing in this section of the draw. She's going to take Harmony Tan first, then would face the winner of Cerebus Torbo or Christina McHale. Of course, third round match. Her first seed, if everything holds, would be sixth seeded Carolina Pliskova. Section of death, David. This wow. is the section of death. Let's start with the most interesting first round matches. Which match caught your eye the most? Well, I think Georgie Fret, Fret Freak is a very <laughs> big contrast in styles. Uh, they can both play on grass. Freak with the slices and the consistency. Georgie with the pure power and the relentless can attitude there. She's going to hit her powerful shots, whether they're going in or whether they miss 10 times in a row. And so... 
while I admire that, it'll be interesting what will happen if Freak starts frustrating her with her different slices and angles and things that she can do to frustrate opponents. Uh, and then the other big one is Mukova playing Halep. That'll be a fun one with the Mukova's slices and Halep's back, you know, how does the backhand to backhand, you know, when Mukova's doing her slices with Halep's powerful backhand, it'll be interesting to see whether Mukova has the rally tolerance at this point to handle Simona Halep, but also whether Simona Halep is, ha is healthy. So those are the two that stood out to me the most. What about you? I think Halep Mukova has to be the one that you turn to because, of course, you look for Carolina Mukova, who was playing exceptional tennis uh, at Roland Garros before, unfortunately, getting injured against Denise Mova in her career. Uh, again, in grass court matches, Carolina Mukova, 12 and 9 overall, but of course, was a quarterfinalist at Wimbledon the past two times the event has been played. She has wins over Pliskova, Pavlichenkova, Georgie, Kontave, all on grass court courts. And, you know, again, you can't fake that sort of confidence. And while Simona Halp certainly comes into this Wimbledon in about as good a form as you could hope, one of two players to rank top 10 in both hold and break percentage this season, of course, Simona Halp, unfortunately withdrawing from the match against Andrescu in this week's semifinals, Bad Hamburg, but that sounds more preventative, it seems, than anything else. I mean, look, Simona Halep is probably the player we were most dismissive of, David, that we shouldn't have been in our I, I was five. pretty dismissive of Kibitaba. Uh, yeah, well, well and we've made up for it later in the week. Don't you worry about that. But I just, again, like Simona Halep's such a tough out on these grass yeah. courts. And yet Mukova will have some opportunities to dictate, right? Because Halep's not going to overwhelm her with her weapons at the same time. You know, if Mukova is anything but 100% fit, Simona Halep is the worst player you want to play because she makes you pay. I mean, this section just in general, fascinating. When you look at someone like an Anisimova versus a Wang Shiyu, I mean, talk about two rising talents on the right. WTA Tour are going to be in a, the mix for a while moving forward. And yeah, obviously Serena on her own, doesn't matter who's across the net and shout out to Harmony Tan for being there, but Serena versus Harmony Tan, obviously a fascinating matchup uh, found in this section of the draw. It's... It's going to be a fun one, David. Do you have any seeds on upset alert? I feel like this is perhaps the section above all sections outside of maybe Cerebez Tormo, who, you know, 32 seeds. I don't even know if that counts as a seed on upset alert at any event. Cerebez Tormo against Serena round two of Serena serving well. Who knows what can happen outside of that? I see a lot of seed on seed matchups going oh, really? into round three in this section. Yeah, I think this might be the one that holds form. Okay, uh, so you have none. So you think all of them? You know, your Stremska Kvitova is the one that's most fascinating okay. to me because Diana's, she, yeah, she's just that sort of superstar athlete. We saw her beat Ostapenko two weeks ago, played extraordinarily well to do so. Ostapenko goes on to make the final this week. Now, obviously, Kvitova, when you're making two thirds of your first serves and winning over 70%, uh, 77% of your first serve points, 10% of the first serves that go in are aces, you're going to beat anyone. But if that dips off at all, you know, Yastrzemska is going to be able, if she can win her first round match against Bogdan, playing with nothing to lose is always a dangerous Diana Yastrzemska. I mean, yeah, I, I, I sure. You want to say Bedosa's on upset alert? Maybe, but I, like, I don't think, I, I think she gets to the third round and then I think she loses. I think all of the seeds in the section, I'll say it. 
I'm getting on the record, which means it's definitely not going to happen. But my <laughs> hot take here, all of the seeds, even Sarah Cerebus Torvo, Alex, are you going to do it? I, I just don't trust her in his movement. Right yeah, now. and Cerebus Tormo is just going to like slice after slice after drop shot. She's going to be brutal about that attack. And she already saw the stream serve in doubles, which is at least somewhat helpful going into the match. I'm going to say it. Every seed in the Bedosa section gets to the quarter, uh, gets wow. to the third round. I don't feel great about it, David, but that's my hot take. Okay. So let me tell you where you're going wrong. Uh, I like it. So... I, I have Yastremska beating Kvitova. I thought Yastremska, you know, Yastremska almost beat Alexandrova in Rosmalin, who ended up winning the title. She beat Ostapenko, like you mentioned. She's a former round of 16 at Wimbledon in the past. She can play on grass, but, and she was a uh, set away from the quarterfinals. Uh my thing is with Kvitova, I'm not going to throw away what I've seen the entire season based on one good week. So while she proved me wrong this week, I don't think she can maintain that level. And I don't think she will maintain that level. And I think Yastrzemska is going to beat her in the second round. I have, I want to make sure I'm not wrong here. Yes. Well, I have one more. Yeah. Here's, I'm glad we agree because we both watched the Ostapenko match. I think that's the match we're both holding on to from last week where Yastrzemska beat her. That was as good of grass court tennis as you're going to see. Just the first strike and, you know, the difference between them is Yastrzemska does have that sort of athleticism, the power in her first set to extend a rally. Here's the thing, though, David. Isn't serving the thing that's most replicable from week to week? Like, that's that's the ultimate controllable. And Kvitova just found a groove. And, like, we're really not that far removed from her winning a Middle East title and being one of the favorites at last year's French Open before she tripped. Like, I know I was ready to write her off two weeks ago. But then she put together this weekend. It's just like, you know what you always like on a grass court? A tall lefty. And that's so... True. Round two, I get to say my favorite phrase. It's a great litmus test. It's like if Kvitova is still serving well and she blitzes Yastremska, then it's time to start thinking about her maybe beating Iga in the semifinals, like being the player most ideally suited to knock off Sviantek. Or Bianca. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, you're yeah. right. You're right. It's just to put her yeah, in that tier where it's like tier one unequivocal contender. I agree with you. Yeah. I I think that... Like you said, it's a good litmus test, a, a good opportunity to see where whether she can maintain the level over multiple weeks. Because like like I said before, I don't like throwing away a whole season's worth of, you know, mediocre to poor play based on, you know, because she caught fire one week. Let's see her replicate it. But if she can replicate it into the third round and, you know, yeah, she might not even play Yastrzemska. Yastrzemska can hit herself out of a match very quickly. I still think, though, that the inconsistencies are going to show up soon, you know, and it, she does need to also play well from the baseline, even if she does serve well. And she's been all season hitting a boatload of unforced errors until this week. And so for me, I still want to see more, but I can totally see where you're coming from. There's one other name though, that. Well, I, that's what I was saying. I, so I appreciate that. I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, give no, me no, the no. other, give me the other error in my way. I have, uh, and I'm going to butcher the pronunciation, Voltaire beating Pliskova, unfortunately, even despite the fact that I had 
Just I so you know, she's British. It's exactly like it looks. It is just Bolter. Okay. So I I I didn't know if it was like Bultier. Bull, yeah. yeah. Good no. that I was. It's, that she was is. Right. She's not Katie Antoine Belletier. No, that's not her. Um. Yeah. So I. Once I saw Pliskova lose in Eastbourne, I'm like, oh boy, because you something came to my mind that you mentioned last time about sustaining it over the course of a match in terms of the physicality and how she kind of faded two weeks ago. And then she kind of faded in this match too last week. And so Voltaire played well in the Wimbledon warm-up events. I thought she had a nice win over Tatiana Maria, who's, you know, with her slice is very good on grass. She beat, uh, well, she took a set off Kvitova this week. Martinsova got a straight set win. Martinsova played really well in Nottingham. She beat Pliskova in Eastbourne as well. And so I don't think it's that big of a stretch, but also Pliskova can serve her off the court. And maybe the pressure gets to Bolter. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Certainly, I mean, again, Bolter was able to get the set off of Kvitova this week, taking the ball early on the rise. Always fun to have the British crowd backing you, certainly, and she will have that on her side. I, by the way, Martin Sova is not an easy out for Pliskova in round one. That's an underrated good match. Martin Sova made a quarterfinal on the grass courts, maybe even semifinal week one in the uh, during got this grass court so. season. Yeah, but she's another one of those players who, you know, 5'9", five, 5'10", five, physically just able to extend rallies on this surface. But if Pliskova serves well, again, it's a fun section. Now, you've given me the case for the unseeded players let me go on the flip side. You know, again, when you look at the Americans in this section, because one unseated player we've yet to really dive deep to is certainly American Serena Williams. But as you look at the Americans in this section quickly, Coco, you know, Louisa Chirico, who faces Bedosa round one, you've got Goff as a seed in this section. She's got Rusa round one, Anisimova, the 20 seed in this section. She's got Wang Shiyu. You've also got unseeded Americans in Brangle versus Davis round one. Madison Brangle, always tough out on this surface. Christina McHale taking on Cerebez Tormo and, of course, Serena Williams. Quickly on Goff and Nisimova, do you expect them to at least hold seed? Yes, I do. Okay, I'll take that as the answer, and we'll get to the predictions momentarily. But let's have the Serena conversation. Okay. Harmony Tan round one. Winner of Christina McHale, Sarah Rivas, Tormo, hypothetically round two. Then likely a known quality in Carolina Pliskova in round three. Is there a pathway to round four? What are your expectations for Serena at this Wimbledon? My expectation is round two, given that Harmony Tan has no weapons and should not be beating even a hobbled Serena with bad movement. Uh, I think round, what is the ceiling? I would say the ceiling is, I never want to count Serena out. I'll say the ceiling is the quarterfinal. I expect round two, (laughs) but the ceiling, I think just because let's say she's playing, you know, Tan, Cerebus, Tormo. I have her, if she were to beat Cerebus, Tormo playing Bulter, I'd say fourth round is the ceiling for her. I thought that I don't, how much of the doubles did you see? Uh, So I watched a lot of the first match and I thought when Serena was in her spots, she was hitting the ball as cleanly as ever. Like when she strikes a forehand, strikes a first serve, 
she still looks like Serena Williams. To your point, doubles is not singles when it comes to movement. And it's impossible to translate what exactly this version of Serena will look like on a singles court, especially early in the tournament when these courts are slick and it's just that much harder to find your footing. I mean, look, Harmony Tan, 13 and six overall, uh, 13 and 16 overall this season, did make a semifinal at a 125K on grass two weeks ago, knocked out by Ali Van Utvenk, six and three. No shame in that loss. The 25-year-old will do a uh, 24-year-old will do a good job of extending rallies and, you know, at a very least forcing Serena to hit the plus one ball. The thing is, and this gets back to how did she look in double? Serena looked fine hitting the plus one. It's shot four, five, six in the rally. Yeah. That's what I'm fascinated to see. I also, to your point, just don't think Tan has the sort of serve to consistently do damage and put Serena on her back foot. Now, Serena's going to miss returns. Like, that's going to happen. She's going to be going, in my opinion, I imagine, for more with that return of serve than she would have 15 years ago. But I think she's going to have opportunity to land her targets. And I think she's going to have plenty of time to find her rhythm. And I do think she gets through that match in straight sets. The Cerebes Tormo matchup to me would be fascinating because, you know, every backhand slice Cerebes Tormo hits, I think that's particularly effective against this Serena, who's just like, please, nothing out of the strike zone, right? And that's where Cerebes Tormo thrives. I think week three would be a crowning achievement. I agree with you. I think week two, well, first of all, just seeing her play is a, a win of wins. And I Absolutely. said week three, I think round three means she played really well. I think round two means she played well. And I think even if she loses to Harmony Tan, it's exceptional to just see her back out on court. But I do think like anything round three or further, and that's just a stark reminder of why she's the greatest of all time. Yeah, I was impressed with A, I was impressed with three things from the doubles. How she served under pressure. It was vintage Serena when on break point, just as she just unreturned serve, unreturned serve. I thought her reflexes at the net were fantastic. And I thought that her consistent death, how she kept getting great death right near the baseline, the ball falling right near the baseline consistently. I thought that was all really good. But as you mentioned, I don't trust her to move well. And I, you know, her footwork looked pretty good this week, but I mean, you know, last week, and doubles, but when she's running around and she gets tired, I don't know if her footwork's going to stay that good. And Cerebus Tormo is going to really make her work for everything. Uh, I think that actually might be one of the, yeah, even though traditionally Cerebus Tormo is not a great grass court player, in this context, I do not think that's a good second round matchup for Serena at all. Yeah, uh, that's fair. I, I agree. I just worry again. But at the same time, if, if, Cerebus Toro hangs a slice. It's like, well, now Serena does have a little bit more time to set her feet. And it's like, she's just going to, you know, again, every loopy ball Cerebus Toro hits, Serena's teeing off. And she's not going to be willing to play those long points with Cerebus Toro because she's just going to go for the gun. And she'll either hit the winner or make the unforced error. If she's striking the ball well, who knows what happens. With all that said, again, this is the section of death. In my opinion, so many players you could justify on a top five contender list, whether it be Kvitova, a Halep, a Goff, and, you know, again, a Pliskova, who we saw in the finals here last season. With that in mind, David Gertler, who's emerging from Paula Bedosa's section of the draw. It's not going to be Bedosa. Uh, <laughs> that's for sure. I think that Bedosa is only making the third round because she got a really weak first two matches. I think it's going to be 
Give me your okay. quarterfinal, by the okay. way, and then your semifinal winner or your okay. merger to the semifinal. Okay. I have Yastremska playing golf and I have golf winning. Eh. Whoa. <laughs> Make the Yastremska versus golf case. And you have so golf the- winning, by the way. Okay. Yeah. So I'll start with golf. I think that she is a very manageable draw. Roos looked good. I think it was in Birmingham when she played, almost beat Zhang and went on a nice little run there. Um, I think, but I think that golf, here's what impressed me about golf. A, she's really good at the net. And again, I'm not a big Coco golf fan. So this is painting me to say all this. She's not very good at the net. I mean, she is very good at the net. She defends really well on grass. I love how her, she's not afraid to do, and I think I told you this last time, do that forehand slice that really does a good job of neutralizing points where she was in defensive positions. And I think that she does a great job of stepping into the court and ripping her backhand. And I think that backhand can be effective on any surface. I think that her draw is manageable. Like I said, Roos in the first round, Buzarnescu potentially in the second round. That doesn't scare me. I don't trust Anisimova on grass. I just don't. And I think that gra- on any other surface, I would have Anisimova winning that match. On grass, I have Goff winning the match. And then I have her playing. This is where things kind of get funky because I have Bolter beating Pliskova making the round of 16. And I think Goff is a better player than Bolter. Uh, do you want me to? No, what do you think I, look, I love it. I love it. I think I really hope we get golf and Isimova because I think that could be a fun rivalry between two rising American stars. And I hope we see it as frequently as possible to your point about Coco golf, who's made the round of 16 each time she's played Wimbledon. I mean, she just has all the components you need to be successful on this surface. As we talked about in our contenders podcast, I do think in this section of death, I mean, the top half is so brutal, right? Like, uh, it's funny you say your is who you have to come out of there. Like, I am, it's taking every instinct in my body not to pick Carolina Mukova to come out of this section. And I do think that Halep Mukova winner, I mean, again, if they don't do too much battle, a uh, damage to one another, they're probably the favorite moving forward in the section. At the same time, did uh, we see how Patrick Kvitova served and like, I know she'll get tested perhaps by a Yashremska, but I just think like she gets to the fourth round. Now at that point, she gets to the fourth round, nine matches and 14 days of play. That's a lot of tennis on the body. And then you think, well, maybe the fitness of Halep does win out. <sighs> I don't even know what to do, David. Like, again, I think That's it's going to hold, I think it's going to hold chalk here in this section. So I'm holding with the seeds for now. I want to go golf Halep. I really want to go golfers Halep. You and trust I just, Halep physically. That's the question. You're absolutely right. Like, not really. At the same time, it just feels a little too hot takey to go with Kvitova. Kvitova is one in three in her career against Simona Halep. You know, at the same time, like, Camilla Georgie's been pretty freaking solid here in this grass court season. Serena. Plus, she is. Yeah, and yet the biggest weapons in this section belong to the first serves of Serena Williams and Carolina Pliskova, which of course are the things that matter most on a grass court. I mean, we can't both have golf going through. You know, we can, let's, we can put all of our eggs in the same basket. Right. And here's my thing about Mukaba. I was really on board until I saw her really fade against Jabor as that match went on. Mm-hmm. I don't trust her physically, maybe even more so than Hal. Yeah, no, that's fair. I think. Man, I want to pick golf. I really do. I want to pick golf. 
the movement's just so I good. know. And she has the first serve and she can volley. Yeah. And I'm going to say she beats Kvitova. Kvitova's run comes to an end. That's just when there's going to be slightly too much tennis on the body. Lefty servant to the golf backhand. Give me the golf backhand. I'm going to take golf over Kvitova in the section, but I don't feel great about it, David Gertler. Uh, with that said, we move on to quarter number three. Own Jabour's section of the draw. Of course, Jabour withdrawing from the singles and doubles competition last week. Had played a ton of tennis on the grass courts and clearly looked ready for the start of the grass court season. Own Jabour, your number three seed, joined by number 31 seed, Kaya Kanepi, 24th seeded Elisa Mertens, 15th seeded in last year's semifinalist, Angelique Kerber. You've got 10th seeded Emma Raducanu, 33 uh, seed here, Jung Shui. Of course, you've got Ali Risk and Danielle Collins in this section as well. I mean, I think there are some interesting first round matches, David, but I think the biggest winner of the entire draw process might be Own Jabour as she looks at her quarter. I would say I would agree with that. I mean, Marino in the second round hits a big ball. Kai Kanepi is a little worrisome because how she performs in the majors and the fact that she does have that serve and power game, but she hasn't looked very good in the warmups. Uh, so, and then maybe, you know, who knows with Angelique Kerber, she could come out on fire. Like she could fade away. I, I, it's hard to say. No, again, in that last section, Halep, Kvitova, Goff, Pliskova, you just had so many top tier performers in this one. Own Jabour's a title contender, certainly. And yeah, like a player, like a Kai Kanepi can do damage. We just haven't seen enough from an Angelique Kerber, but certainly she can be on that tier if she plays her best, but like, that's really it going into uh, this section. And, you know, again, as I look at the first round matches, like, I don't know if it's ever a good thing if the, if the second highest seed in your section is one of your most interesting first round matches, David, because I look at Danielle Collins versus Marie Buzkova. Mm-hmm. I mean, certainly Bo- Collins has the sort of weapons where that match will be on her terms, but Buzkova is just going to make her uncomfortable throughout the uh, course of that first round match. That's the one that stands out to me the most. What's the first round match you like? Yeah, that's a great one, just because we haven't really seen a lot of Danielle Collins recently, and Bruskova is going to get everything back. And so, but then again, Collins is a, theoretically should be really good on grass with her ridiculous backhand. She can hit huge first serves. So I think that if Collins is healthy, she should win that. The other one that stands out to me is Van Oitbank playing uh, Radu, Radu Radu Canoe, or how do you pronounce that one? Is there Radu Canoe? I, I always like, I always go between that and then Radu Canoe in my head. And I'm like, I don't know what. So I got the official one, Radu Canoe. Radu Canoe. Uh, I think it's interesting, especially given how she skipped out on her practice with Garbine Muguruza uh, yesterday. So I think that she is definitely not 100% healthy. But even if she was, she's playing the red hot Allison. Van Oitbank, who has won the 100K in Surbiton and the Gaiba Challenger on the ultra low bouncing grass. So that's about as bad of a first round matchup as you could ever want for the reigning round of 16, where we really were introduced to Radu Canoe for the first time at this time last year. Yeah, no, I mean, the other ones I would throw out there, Kostyuk versus Swan. Marta Kostyuk's going to have big runs during her career. She's just too talented and 
again, too explosive and can do so many different things on the court. Great athlete out there. I think this surface is going to be fun for her. I think Osorio versus Mertens, two players who can do a lot of things for Elisa Mertens that reached the third round of a Grand Slam streak always on the line. I think Osorio is about as tough of a first two-round matchup as she could have asked for, given the fact that she is seated. But, you know, I mean, of the unseated players, I mean, like, no, there, there are others who would have been also tough, but Asoria is not exactly the easiest. So here's what I'll say, because I, I have an article coming out on this match, so I don't want to spoil too much, but I want to just say both players have not had a good grass court season. I agree. That's what makes this one fascinating is I, I'm not exactly sure. The other one, and it's, you know, yes, it's not 2012 anymore, but Kerber versus Mladenovic is fun just because Kiki can play big. Kerber's going to retrieve it's a fun contrast of styles, but you nailed it in terms of seeds on upset alert. The place you have to start, David, is Emma Raducanu, who look, the number 10 seed faces one of the 10 hottest players of the grass court season it's in Ali Van Uthvang. That that's a fascinating matchup to me. Every time I see the 10, like what the hell is she doing as a 10 seed? Because yeah. really, well, I disagree. That's see, I, I don't know about that. I like, again, she won the freaking us open, David. That's why she's that's the 10 true, seed. But what if she has done? Absolutely nothing since. Uh, it doesn't matter. Cause she won a grand slam. Her, her real ranking will be returned after the us open this year. My opinion, that's just my opinion. Uh, but you know, I, I do think that that's, you know, Van Oink think, can beat the majority of the draw. So that really was unlucky. And then we also have in the second round, if Raducanu was even going to win that, this week's title winner, Caroline Garcia, most likely in the second round. So that's a really tough draw. Brutal draw. You nailed it. I, I mean, again, if Raducanu gets to round number three, it means she is playing extraordinary tennis. I think, you know, Zhang, uh, the number 33 seed, I, that's obviously 33 grain of salt, but I think Kostyuk, this is a good draw for her to get to the third round and kind of reestablish things heading into a big summer. I mean, again, seeds on upset alert. I, I, I would say that's probably the list of it. It's probably Radakanu one. And then, you know, Jung at 33 seeds, probably the second one I see. And, and I guess Collins to an extent at three, but in terms of unseated players who can make the second week here, this is a section, David, that seems particularly juicy. Who are you looking at? Yeah, so I also want to just say the only reason why I have Murdens in the third round is because it's a really weak draw. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, for me, I don't. I know you're high on Asoria. I, I, I want. No, I get it. I get it. And the, and then Murdens has been hurt really bad. She lost to Flipkins in the, and I know Flipkins can play on grass, but she's in the, she's in the waning stages of her career. Murden should not be losing that match in the second round. She gets the winner of Zidonsek Udvardi too. That's a bad, that's, that's uh, up there with uh, Pagosi, the, the Pagosi match for the clay sure. court, uh, the clay court special uh, on the uh, Wimbledon grass. Um, what was your question though? I totally got sidetracked. Well, no, completely fair. Unseated players who can okay. make week two. You talk about this section. This does feel like a one where outside of Jabour, it feels like it could get weird. Okay, so I have it getting. I actually don't have it getting weird, which is weird. Yeah, I I have it getting. Okay, I do have it getting weird because I have been Oitbank in the quarter in the uh, round of 16. Actually, in the. Do I have I have been Oitbank going far? I have. Should I say how far, please? Okay, 
I have her in the in the quarterfinals, actually. Ooh. I'm trying to make I did I can't believe I'm like looking over this a million times. I'm like, do I actually yes I do? And should I make the case or actually it's a no. really that's a wide open little section. Just right make there. it. No, David, swing freely, please. We're 55 minutes in. We're on quarter three. At this point, there's <laughs> no holding back, my friend. Okay. So I mean that little section, like you we mentioned with Sway Zhang, Kostiuk, Garcia, Radu Van Oitbank. I mean, that is gonna be a lot of fun. And I think that I just think that Vinoit Bank has had a lot of experience on grass this year. She's done a lot of winning the neck game, the backhand slice, the way the way she hits her spots on serve and her controlled aggression from the baseline. It's all working for her right now. And if I'm remembering correctly, she lost in a third set tiebreak to Anissa Mover and Eastbourne. So that's not necessarily a terrible loss either. And she lost in the quarterfinals of Rosmalin in a third set tiebreak to Sabalenka. So that's not a bad loss either. I think that, I just think that she's in the best form out of everyone. Uh, well, I, well, I can't say that because Garcia won the title today, but I think that she has the right balance between rest and form right now out of that section. And I have Ali Risk in, in, as her round of 16 opponent and even though risk is good on grass, she didn't necessarily impress me too much when I saw her in, I believe it was Nottingham. All these grass, England grass court events are getting mixed up in my head. <laughs> uh, but I think that Van Oitbank, like I said, best balance between rest and form on grass. Yeah, I, I don't have much of an argument to make against that. I do think that top section of the draw can get funky. Now, from an American perspective, this is where you feel like it, we could sneak into Americans into the quarterfinals because Ali Risk has as big a pedigree as anyone in this top half of the Jabour section of the draw, whether it is, you know, again, a Danielle Collins and Ann Lee, uh, who are both in that section, a Radakanu, a Zhang, even a Caroline Garcia. Ali Risk has done as much as any of them, particularly over the past three, five seasons on grass courts. And, you know, I think, you know, if it's not Ali Van Utvenk, who's a great pick to make a quarterfinal push, I think it could very well be Ali Risk. This draw has opened up beautifully for her. And, you know, again, I think this is the one where you're going to get someone outside the top 25, whether it's Risk, the 28 seed, Kostiuk, Garcia, or Van Utvenk. I think it's one of those four players. Or even an Ann Lee, if she strikes iron, you know, strikes the iron yeah. hot and just, you know, swings freely. I thought she looked really good against Goff at times. Just Goff kind of broke her down earlier in this grass court season. I think that was the match that I, that I saw, or maybe I'm blanking. Well, Lee, I forget Lee. who Ann Lee played. Um, I might she be blanking Sanaba. Yeah, that's what it was. It was Sam. Thank you. It was Samsonova, not Goff. I'm blanking there. Um, yeah, Ann Lee was... Look, I think Ann Lee's played some really good tennis. And I do think this... Even Buzkova, again, this is the th- section where things get funky... You know, again, Americans wise, I mentioned Lee Collins risk. Those are your Americans in this section of the draw. We haven't mentioned Clara Tawson. Simply put, it's just been too many injuries for Clara Tawson. This just hasn't been the season for her. I'm not if you're selling your stock in Clara Tawson right now, I'll buy it, though, uh, just for the record. She got off to such a great start in Australia, too. Absolutely. But it sounds like you gave us a little bit of a tease there, David. Sounds like you're going Van Utvink in the final in the quarterfinals. I assume you have Jabour knocking her off. 
Hedgy now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the, well, again, we haven't talked about owns at all. Given the injury concerns, you're right. Rebecca Marino, honestly, by the way, I've been meaning to say this, Ali Van Utvenk, just a, a throwback to 1990s tennis, the continental grip. It's delightful. Marino does a little bit of that as well, moves forward the massive forehand. She looked great early on in this grass court season. That's an interesting round two matchup. Tossin, Kanepi, whomever it be in round three. Yeah, those players played with power tennis, but, you know, outside of an Angelique Kerber striking eye, like, the iron strikes out. I agree with you, David. I think Jabour cruises to the quarters and given all the chaos in the top half, I think it's Jabour getting through pretty comfortably in this section. Now I'm going to give you one last chance. You sticking with Van Utvink? I am. I, I feel like you can make the case for so many different players in that uh, area of the draw, but I'm just going to choose one. I'm going to stick with it. <sighs> Kostyuk, Garcia, See, I think that Zhang's going to beat Kostyuk. All right, I'm going to go Ali Risk then. You talked me into it. I'll go Ali Risk in my quarterfinals here. Get a little risky, dare we (laughs) say, moving into it. Thank you. Boom, boom. Yeah, that that made me feel good. I appreciate it. All right, with that in mind, final (laughs) quarter of the draw to go and of the top four seeds, if it's not, you know, again, Jabour, Ego, we feel great about, but three of the top four seeds really have not done much of anything in this grass court season. Obviously, Iga hasn't played, but Bedosa, Conteve, it's not like they're producing results either. And yet, Annette Conteve, off the strength of the end of last season, and obviously has so many points to defend coming up very, very shortly. But Conteve, your number two seed here at this Wimbledon. You look at the seeds in her section. Number 29 seed, Angelina Kalanina, 23 seed, Beatrice Haddad Maya, 14th seeded, Belinda Benchich. You've got Ostapenko in this draw, Trevisan in this draw, Kirstea, and then, of course, fifth seeded Maria Sakari in this section. It's a loaded section of the draw, certainly from a seed perspective. I feel like you got a couple players here who will be biting at the apple, and we'll get into that Benchich Haddad by a third round preview momentarily, David. Oh, that's where my mind immediately went to. Yeah. Yeah, but let's start as always with round number one. Which are you looking to, forward to the most? I am looking forward to Trevi San Cochiaretta. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> I am. Uh, I think Doden Ostapenko will be a lot of fun in terms of big ball striking. I think that Yuvan Haddad Maya, I'm, I always like watching Kaya Yuvan play. I think that she's going to be very good in a year or two. And then I think that I don't, well, I don't think Bernarda Pera wins. I think she can give Conabate a fight. I mean, we don't really know the state of Annette Conabate right now. She hasn't played since the French Open so, and she didn't look good. So it's hard to say if she, you know, she can come out all, you know, guns a blazing or she can come out and lose to Para. And I don't think either would shock me. Yeah. I mean, it's tough. It's just, I think Kalanina is really good. I, I'm a huge fan of her game, David. I, I just love the way she moves around the court, how fluid she is. I like how easy, you know, again, she doesn't have the most power, but she's got that quick twitchy power in the outer thirds where you least expect it. I mean, it's a tough section for for Conteve, certainly. Even off the bat, Bernard, to your point, Bernard Apero, the lefty, is just going to make you uncomfortable. And so I don't know if Conteve is going to get out of her section I mean, you know, again, in terms of the first round matches, like this is not the most loaded section. I agree with you. This is probably the one maybe you focus elsewhere. I I do think, you know, 
Kaya Yuvan versus Beatrice Adatmaya. I'm just always inherently interested in Kaya Yuvan matches. And so that's mm-hmm. maybe one that I enjoy. But I agree. I think as we look at this this section of the draw in particular, it's not about round one. It's about round two, and in particular, round number three. And, you know, again, I think if the seeds hold, it's going to be really fun. But are there any seeds you have on upset alert, David? Not many. I mean, I think, like I said, I think Conovey could lose, but I mean, especially in the second round to Nehemiah, maybe I'll say, I mean, the obvious one, I, I think that Trevisan, if she doesn't lose to coach Yoretto, then we'll lose to Begu. She's won one grass court match in her career. And she is having watched her play in Driesku in Bad Humburg. She's not, she's still not very good on grass. Her, her clay court game does not translate. Yeah. So I think that out of all the seeds, that's actually the only seed I have losing. I mean, I agree. Like, I, I, and I think that's a tough section. I like, I would probably take Bagu over Trevisan, but I don't feel good about any of the four players in that section in particular. And if Ostapenko serves well, she should cruise. Kirstea has been pretty rock solid on the grass court. Sakari, not exactly facing the sort of players who have the outstanding weapons to throw her off. Yeah, honestly, Contefe versus Para might be your biggest upset alert of the first two rounds. And, you know, again, if any unseated player, David, can make the third week, who's it going to be? It will be... Begu or the second week. Yeah. uh, Second week. Sorry. Second week. Second week. Uh, Does it have to be Begu just by virtue of default? I guess it has to be Begu, but I mean, I'm, I'm looking now. I'm trying to, you, I mean, if Yvonne can beat no, because then she'd play benches. I mean, it has to be Begu. Yeah. It's a really, it's a tough section. You know what? You know who I'll say? (sighs) No, I mean, it has not because I, I think that Ostapenko is going to do great. And so that's why I don't want to say Bigu, but I mean, there's always the chance that she throws in a stinker. Uh, yeah. Ostapenko does. No, that's, uh, that's again, where the fun begins, certainly, because even if she doesn't, round number three and moving forward in this section of the draw, just a lot of fun matchups, whether it's Haddad Maya versus Benchich, whether it's, you know, again, even a Kirstea versus Sakari. And then as you move further along, Kalanina, very, very dangerous if she does eventually face uh, a, a, uh, in Annette Conteve. Now, you know, again, looking in this section of the draw, I don't believe we have any Americans in this section, like uh, other than Bernardo Pera, who we mentioned, of course, playing uh, Annette Conteve. So with that in mind, we can get right into the predictions, David. It feels like that Benchich Haddad Maya match might be for the section in round number three. I agree. If Haddad Maya can get past Yvonne. I'm still, I still think at some point she's going to run out of gas. I really do. I, that's just what fair plus trusting my gut. That's really worked out for me. Well, yeah, tri- but I'm going to try again. I'm trusting my gut. I think that Benchitz wins that though. Um, I don't know what you think. What do you think? Even that one. Yeah, I'm leaning Benchich. I just think she strikes the ball so well, hitting the serve so cleanly. I think a lefty against Benchich works particularly well for Benchich because the backhand return is the side she prefers the most. Um, and I just think she's striking the ball particularly well. That's not a pick against Haddad Maya. That's a pick in favor of Belinda Benchich. But that match is going three sets. And like I do think that yeah. match is for the section because I think Kalanina is going to get through a Conteve. And I think... You know, again, the winner of that one is going to be favored, whether it's, well, 
Ostapenko is a whole other beast. I think that's probably my quarter finalist is I think Ostapenko through that top half. I think she gets through everyone, even if, you know, again, Sakari gets through for Sakari to have to beat an Ostapenko and a Benchich back to back. That's always she can. She always gets the first one, but it feels like that second one is where we see her fall short. I'll give my prediction first here. I'm going to go Benchich over Ostapenko. I was high on Benchich in our Contenders podcast, David. I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. Give me Benchich over Ostapenko in the quarters. Talk about a fun, thunderous, hard-hitting match. That You know, I, I can – we're very similar. Uh, not the exact same. First off, let me say I think that Benchich absorbs power really well, which will help her in that Hada Maya match. Um, I think that – Benchich goes through that section. I think Ostapenko goes to the top section, but Yelena, and I, and I know this is going to sound a little counterintuitive given that I just said Benchich absorbs power well, but I actually have Ostapenko winning that. Well, Ostapenko is going to feast on that Benchich second serve. Oh yeah. And she's going to, Benchich doesn't have the power to do what Kvitova did today and kind of take the racket out of Ostapenko's hand. That was interesting to watch. The fact that Ostapenko looked like the underpowered one. Um, but anyways, yeah, I thought I think that the draw sets up really well for Ostapenko. Doden's not cons- consistent enough. You need a Wickmeyer. Nice to see her back, but she's not going to beat Ostapenko. Begu doesn't have the doesn't have the grass court craft to be a uh, player in the form of Ostapenko, and certainly not Martina Trevisan if we're just looking at the seeds. Uh, Sakari looked mm-hmm. mediocre against Kalanina in Eastbourne, and I don't, I don't trust her on grass. Kirstea might beat Sakari, but she's not going to beat Ostapenko. Um, I have Asta, I think Ostapenko Benchich might be, if we're talking about Benchich, Hadamaya being one of the matches of the tournament, I think if we see a Benchich Ostapenko in the quarterfinals, that might be one of the matches of the tournament as well. I, think it's going to be really close i have ostapenko edging it all right well then with that in mind i assume you have ostap uh, it's going to be in yours and we can get to our final predictions here by the way alex gruskin david gertler running you all through the women's singles draws just to recap where our predictions stand following our run through of the four quarters david has bianca andrescu taken on coco goff in the top half of the draw it's going to be own jabor taken on yelena ostapenko in the bottom half for me it's Iga versus goff jabor versus benchich david i'll let you start first who's your finalist who's your ultimate champion oh man i see i go back and forth i've went back and forth in this a lot and in my head and i'll just get to it i have goff Taking on Jabor, and I have Jabor winning. Interessante. So why does Goff get through Andrescu? I feel that at some point, kind of like today, Bianca is going to go just a little over the line in terms of that balance between keeping the ball in play and power. And mm-hmm. I thought that she maybe shifted, she's maybe shifted at times on grass. I noticed especially a little too much towards trying to, like I said before, trying to get that power and trying to play that really aggressive style when she needs to be a little more consistent in the way that golf defends and the way that she is able to keep the ball in play and kind of neutralize power, power on, even on grass. I think that'll be the difference. I went back and forth on this Ostapenko Jabor match. Ultimately, 
I think that Jabor can, you know, in the, with her funky slices and her drop shot, she can take Ostapenko out of her comfort zone in a way that uh, other players who play more linear game can't. So I have Jabor winning that. And then I have, you know, Goff lost the last Grand Slam final. That can weigh on her mind. She lost the doubles final. She lost the U.S. Open doubles final last year. I not saying that Jabor's great in title in finals either. I think that Jabor is just a better grass court player. I guess at the end of the day, she's more dynamic on grass. She's she just has a better grass court game compared to Goff, who moves well. But I think that also Goff has the biggest weakness on the court in her forehand. Yeah, it's all fair. It does feel like Own Jabour is sort of the heir apparent to Ashley Barty, right? Barty's game made so much sense on the grass courts, as does Own Jabour. The slices, the angles, her ability to take the ball early on the rise, the power of her first step, the flexibility, the creativity. It does feel like the draw has broken well for Own Jabour, and I have her reaching the final as well, simply because for Benchich to have to go through Haddad Maya and Yelena Ostapenko and then Jabour at the end of that road as well, it's right. just a lot. It's a thin margins for error for her. And so I do think Jabour has an advantageous section of the draw. I think she gets through it. I think she gets to the final I'm just going to roll with Iga because when you've won 35 matches in a row, I don't know what the case against you is. Like I get, we haven't seen her on this surface, but uh, you know, all of the opponents I've had Iga face so far in this tournament, you know, in the quarterfinals and Drescu, who just has to play so, you know, so much good tennis to get to those quarterfinals. I think Iga beats her there. And then after that golf Shabur, just not the sort of power tennis players you feel like are going to have the best shot at Iga on this surface. So I'm going to roll with the sure thing. I don't feel great about it, but when, it, you know, again, it's like picking Djokovic. You just sometimes you close your eyes and you're like, well, I'm probably going to be right. Uh, <laughs> so I think I'm going to probably be right about this. And I know that's not the most creative pick, but I'll take Iga over owns more than anything else. I think we think it's going to be a fun 2022 Wimbledon. And of course, we'll have coverage of every day's action on our mini break podcast feed. We'll have daily picks for you on the Great Shot podcast feed as well. All of that content available on our website, crackrackets.com. David, what are you going to have for us throughout the course of the tournament? Like I said before, you, there's I'm uh, doing some breakdowns of some matches. I have uh, Mertens, Osorio Serrano, Radu Canu, and Van Oytbank. Those are already kind of lined up. I'm going to choose some others and try to just see what's out there and, you know, what, if there's any, you know, spots where I think that, you know, there's value. Um, and I am really excited about the tournament. I, you mentioned Djokovic on the men's side. I do want to ask, is that who you have winning the men's? Yeah, it's who I'm going to go with. I just, how can you pick against him, right? Yeah. I, the guys won three in a row, four in a row. I think it's three in a row at this point, 18, 19, 21. Um, I just like, I don't know how I can pick against him. He's the perfect matchup against the Berrettini, right? Right. And I don't necessarily see anyone even before that in the draw. It's like, who's going to beat him? You know, Alcaraz has the strapping on his arm and he's inexperienced on grass. And I mean, Rafa is certainly, I think, going to be a little below what his best. Um, and he's in the other half of the draw. Then, I mean, is it going to be Hubie Hercatch? No, not in a big match at Wimbledon. So even though her, no, no offense to her catch, he's, he's playing great grass court tennis, but he's not going to beat Djokovic at Wimbledon. Let's be honest. 
Yeah, I, I think that I think that's fair. And again, we will have a full Wimbledon men's draw preview for all of you listeners as well. You'll be able to read David's thoughts, Action Network, all about tennis blog. And I'm sure we'll have you on at some point during the course of the two weeks as well, of course. Uh, so a massive thank you to David for taking the time to join us today. Thank you, as always, to our super well, producer, Daniel Westoff, for the of an ending job he does day in day out making all this content possible shout out to our friends at turna as well remember email sales at uniquesports.com to join the turna family today with all that said to wrap up this great shot podcast for the fantastic david gertler our super producer daniel westoff our friends at turner and from all of us here at both crack rackets and the tennis channel podcast network i'm your host alex gruskin david what do we tell our listeners let me see if I remember. Hey, great shot. I love it. That's right? the tone we're looking for, my friend. I appreciate it as always. And we will talk to you more soon. Thank you so much, Alex. I really do appreciate it.